Yes, ma'am. Can I just ask, what actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you... Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge. Uh, this this isn't about political revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell, shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, on, the vice president at the time on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch. The prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that. They think it's political revenge. It's because you don't report on it. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border And politicians build a new world order too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got a big free. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and 
mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee. And glad to have you along for the ride. Thank you so much for being here. And what a ride it has become. Obviously, right off the top there, playing a little bit of a clip as the media was going wild after the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, officially announced that there would be a movement forward from the House proceeding with an impeachment inquiry regarding the current resident of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, one Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a.k.a. barely there Beijing Biden. Okay, before we jump into today's stories, we will, of course, start with that one, but before we do, I need to spend a moment talking to you about what's going to happen as we move forward. Is there going to be civil unrest? Are there going to be more storms? Are there plenty of other things and ways that life is going to try to throw curveballs at you so that if you're not already prepared, you're just going to be out of luck? Well, you can count on at least that last one happening. I, I feel pretty confident the other two are highly possible and possibly even probable, uh, but at least the last one is a for sure thing. And Ultimately, what you definitely want to make sure of is that you are indeed prepared for the worst. And you can do that by visiting our friends over at Four Patriots. It doesn't matter what it is that you think you need. They've got a lot of stuff that's going to help you be prepared, including some things you probably haven't even thought of. But their two strongest uh, areas of expertise falls into the backup emergency electricity and the survival food kits. And man, oh man, I get, I cannot speak highly enough about the survival food kits. The, the food just tastes really, really good. It's rated to last up to 25 years, although I'm having a really hard time getting to the last 25 days in my house because the women keep getting into it. Uh, it's phenomenal stuff. Trust me, you will not regret it if you start uh, stockpiling the survival food kits. Uh, whether you're talking about a three-month supply or a a 48-hour supply, or if you're talking about uh, getting extra protein and power, uh, or even just breakfast stuff, dessert stuff. They've got a lot of great stuff that you can use to supplement it. You're not going to get burnt out. they got a ton of different uh, meals that you can get. Just stop listening to Babble and go see for yourself. That, along with all the other great items they have, you're going to want to take advantage of the 10% discount that you can get by using promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, -P, at checkout. That is, of course, after you go ahead and slide on over to 4 And that's where you really should go. So... Sneak over there. You can open it up in a different tab while you continue to listen to the show if you're listening to the podcast. And if you're listening to the rebroadcast on the Vera Networks, then, as assuming you're not driving because you're listening to WCET, then go ahead and open up a tab uh, on your uh, search engine and go to 4patriots.com. Now, that is the number 4, Patriots. Dot com. Don't forget promo code TAP, T-A-P-P. -P. You hit that at checkout. going to save yourself 10%, and it's going to let them know 
that I'm the one that sent you. So it's a win for me, it's a win for you, and it's a win for them. And when you get a triple win situation, man, uh, how can you not take advantage of that? Given the current status with everything else going on in the world, a single win is worth it. A double win is awesome. A triple win, you get a win-win-win scenario going, you're not going to do much better than that. All right, so again, forpatriots.com, promo code TAP, T-A-P-P. Use that at checkout. So, as I just mentioned, uh, the big news swirling today, of course, is the fact that Speaker Kevin McCarthy, a Republican from the state of California, if you can believe that, announced that the House will indeed be proceeding with an impeachment inquiry against the guy who's supposed to be the President of the United States at the moment, Joe Biden. Quoting him here, <clears throat> his post on X at any rate, I am directing our House committees to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Over the past several months, House Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations into President Biden's conduct, a culture of corruption. And it sounds like a, a heck of a... Uh, Sounds like a heck of a song title, right? Culture of Corruption. The Joe Biden story. Anyway, in brief remarks at the U.S. Capitol, McCarthy said that the impeachment inquiry will be led by Oversight Chairman James Comer, a Republican from Kentucky, in coordination with Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan, Republican from Ohio, and the Ways and Means Chairman Jason Smith, Republican from Missouri. Quoting here, We'll follow the facts, the Constitution, and the law. Uh, this is from Jordan, by the way. He said that on a uh, post that was also on X, formerly Twitter, adding that McCarthy, quote, is right to launch this impeachment inquiry. Well, of course we think so, right? Now, the announcement kind of indicates that a, a change of plans for McCarthy, who recently, speaking to Breitbart News, it said that the House moving forward with an impeachment inquiry would be done with a floor vote. Now, that kind of sounds like a reasonable course of action. It certainly would make the inquiry look more legitimate than just deciding by leadership to, to move forward with it. But there was also a ton of threats uh, swirling around McCarthy as far as being challenged for his House speakership if he didn't just start making things happen. I'm not saying that that is the primary reason why he made that change, but it certainly would be reasonable to presume that it was at least a factor. So he had told Breitbart, oh, we'll do it with a floor vote, but that was not exactly a guarantee to succeed as there were some people with an R at the end of their name that actually expressed skepticism about the effort. But it tracks with former Speaker Nancy Pelosi unilaterally announcing the first impeachment inquiry against former President, the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, Donald John Trump. And that happened all the way back in the ancient years, the far, far past of 2019. McCarthy outlined 
possible articles of impeachment that could result from the inquiry, including abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. But even if the House ends up impeaching Biden, conviction in the Senate appears unlikely at best, at least at this moment in time. The Democrats right now are certainly in control, and there are still some GOP members that aren't exactly on board with the idea. They're still trying to warn against moving too quickly without sufficient evidence. Now, I don't know how much evidence they think they have to have. Uh, All things considered, it's a question of bank records point to strange things. Um, Admission on videotape of a quid pro quo you're not going to get the money that we promised you if you don't fire that prosecutor. That's in his own words, not taken out of uh, context. He was bragging about it. And the question becomes, was it about corruption, making it a perfectly legitimate call? Or was it about the fact that he was investigating corruption by the company Burisma? The timing, certainly strange. And the fact that the Ukrainian government at the time was still asking for the actual charges, the actual reason that the Obama, Obama, Obama slash Biden administration wanted Shokin fired. I mean, Shokin had not done anything. Oh, well, uh, lots of people throughout Europe thought he was corrupt. has been the fallback excuse from the beginning. But strangely enough, an overwhelming majority of the people who thought that this particular uh, individual was corrupt are all people who seem to have been, you know, making bank, laundering cash through Ukraine. So if it's the corrupt people that are calling you corrupt and your investigation into an oligarch, it makes you wonder who is the corrupt one. And is it so wrong to be a little corrupt when you're going after other corrupt individuals? A little fighting fire with fire action. What is the most worthy cause? And remember, just the fact that Joe Biden has been lying to the American people over and over again, and we now have all these emails that Biden was using a fake name to communicate and that some governmental information was being forwarded to Hunter through these avenues demonstrates a failure of handling documents properly. There was absolutely zero reason why Hunter Biden should be getting copied in to any of those documents. Zero, none, nada, zilt. How much evidence do you need to have? The whole point of moving forward with the impeachment investigation, the official moving forward, is to again gather more authority, to gather more evidence, to do exactly that. So those GOP folks, those people with an R at the end of their name that Maybe they themselves have been uh, laundering a bit of cash through Ukraine as well. Uh, They need to pay attention to the fact that this is not moving too quickly. In fact, by the standards used with the going after the last guy 
You know, the orange man who was bad, the kicker of puppy seed or babies, that guy. Uh, this standard, we're moving way too slow, which is also a reason why a lot of Republicans and a lot of average everyday Americans that have been paying attention and have recognized the corruption for a while now, while they're frustrated, and a lot of them, they think that this is nothing, that this is just more political showmanship. It's just the circus continuing. It's the same old dog and pony show to, to keep those of us who want to have a little bit of faith in our current government, that she's salvageable, that we haven't went full banana republic yet, that those few people, myself included, I am among that count. I want to continue to believe that it's not too far gone. And heaven help us all if I'm wrong. But there's a lot of folks that they just think that this is a show for people like me. And it amounts to nothing in the end. And until we see otherwise... I can't blame them for feeling that way, and I'm going to have to say, hey, guys, show me. I have to take the same mindset of don't tell me, show me. Stop with all the talk. Stop with the showmanship. Stop with the brinksmanship, and let's actually see if you're capable of governing. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so, but uh, there's a lot of folks out there that, They've given up on it. They don't believe anymore. They don't believe that they can count on any elected official stepping up and doing the right thing because the few good folks that are, <coughs> excuse me, the few legitimate folks that are out there that are still trying are going to be manhandled and blowed over and blown out of the water by the deep state. And that there's too many people that are part of the Uniparty that aren't going to allow real change to happen. And that. <sighs> Unfortunately, even if you believe in one or two few good people out there, a lot of them don't believe that there's any left, that they get weeded out way too quickly. It's not going to stand out. Well, regardless of where you fall in that category, it is still big news that this happened, and we need to pay close attention to this. I mean, you can talk about the possibilities here and there, but at the end of the day, we're still talking about Joseph Robinette Biden, who is in the midst of running a 2024 campaign, hoping to get a second term in the White House. And certainly looks like he could end up having a rematch against Donald Trump in a general election. Democrats have already begun to degenerate the in, uh, to to generate into name calling and and crap uh, that they normally like to do the demonization of everybody involved in the effort to get this impeachment pushed forward and of course the mainstream legacy media is already out there as you heard from that clip at the uh, very beginning of the uh, show oh, oh what that clearly this is political revenge for going after Trump. Uh, no, how about this is clearly the Constitution working the way it's supposed to and impeachment being used in the way that it's supposed to be used. There is no question that there is a reasonable question, 
No question that there's a reasonable question. A little redundant there, Tim. <laughs> no doubt that there's a reasonable question about corruption. Anybody who doesn't willing, anybody who's not willing to at least acknowledge that, is either paying zero attention at all, or they're flat out lying. Now, if you've been paying any real attention, then there's no question about the corruption. Period. It's pretty obvious. It's been well seen for a long time. Between the plagiarism, the lies, the inability to put anybody other than his own feelings ahead of him uh, of himself, it's astounding. Joe Biden has always been sold to the American public as a nice guy. He's never been a nice guy. He's been sold to the American public now as friendly old harmless grandpa, Uncle Joe, He's never been that guy either. He is a hair-sniffing, female-groping, kid-pedophilic-type behavioral deviant who continues to show that racist, deviant behavior as he gets older and as the mental acuities continue to degrade. With each passing day, he's less able to hide his true nature. But even when he had full use of his faculties, he was still a mean and hateful individual, especially if you happened to be on the opposing side of what he wanted politically once he got elected. Been demonstrated a multitude of times. So when you look at a guy who is questionable as far as having these classified documents when he was a senator that was involved with quid pro quo activities that resulted in bags of cash for himself and his family, of which the family seemed to manage to put it into bank accounts and Part of whatever they were collecting still ended up in his accounts. Oh, no, there's no reason to be suspicious here. Clearly, that's just sour grapes over Donald Trump being impeached. Clearly not. All right, uh, let's leave things there. It's a little early, but we'll do the uh, mid-hour break just a little early. Because when we come back, the next topic, I'll probably go a little longer than I should. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Tim Tapp, the ever so humble and mostly peaceful host of Tap Into The Truth. My people of this country and we're under attack. They banning us, they cancel us for speaking the facts. If you man enough, come stand with us, take USA back. And every time we pull up, all you're gonna see is American flags. Is Uncle Joe Biden a threat to traditional Western values? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Four years ago, the United States was considered by both allies and enemies to be a strong and most important nation on Earth. Love her or hate her, America the Beautiful was not to be trifled with. And during the President Trump administration, even Chinese dictator Xi Jinping was respectful toward the U.S. But today... 
A republic is akin to a rudderless vessel spinning out of control and heading toward a self-induced crash. Even Argentina's presidential frontrunner, Javier Millet, recently described socialism as garbage and human excrement. Millet also described Uncle Joe Biden as a dangerous left-wing president who was a threat to the traditional Western values that were the foundational building blocks of the great United States of America, the one-time envy of the world. But not only is Joe Biden a threat to traditional values, we have a Congress that is nothing more than a gaggle of howling dogs sitting on sharp rocks, helping Uncle Joe waste away our national wealth, prestige, and destroy our moral compass. My fellow Americans, we must now seek providential guidance and overcome O'Biden's destructive mission. I say America is worth saving. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live 3 p.m. Eastern to find out where. Go to theronedwards.com. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow... Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, 
we sourced the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Heinstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Heinstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. My name's Joe Biden. That's because hot. <laughs> America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was put him in the We know that there's no, there's no such thing to finish the job. More than half of the women on the, in my administration are women. You lost your child. He's gone. Look, um, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to Anyway, we got it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I do need to take just a moment to remind you that right now, the woke virus has heavily infected the medical profession. So it's up to you to take your health into your hands. You do this doing all the things that we know we're supposed to do, right? Uh, you know, Eat right, uh, exercise smart. Uh, rest well. And if you're going to take supplements, take supplements that are effective and that are bioavailable. And on that topic, our friends over at Native Path have a fantastic supplement that will help you, especially if you're concerned about uh, heart health circulation, your brain health, blood pressure, or inflammation and swollen achy joints. Uh, that's the section that has worked the most for me. Uh, my personal uh, testimony here to you, 
it's worked miracles for me. Uh, e even if they were to end our sponsorship agreement tomorrow, I would still be ordering their krill uh, oil supplement. It, it's sourced from the Antarctic. It is sourced in a fashion that is sustainable, if you're concerned about those things. And uh, it's just really, really good stuff. That's really all it comes down to. So don't let woke medical professionals uh, get in your way. Take care of yourself. And if you have to elevate to, to take supplements, be smart about it. And I promise you, visiting FixSwollenFeet.com will be one of those uh moves that you make that you will be grateful you did now i can't promise you that it's going to work as well as it does for work as well for you as it does for me but i can promise you it's well worth the effort to find out that much is a given it's a no-brainer so again fix swollen feet Dot com. Uh, go check it out right away. All right, let's move on to the next story real quick uh, as we delve in. I've got some other topics I want to get into, and I'm going to run out of time uh, trying to get to all of them. I just know I am. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, a new whistleblower testimony uh, to Congress alleges that the CIA bribed six officers investigating the origins of of COVID-19. They bribed them with hush money to bury their conclusion that the virus likely originated from a Chinese lab. Wow! Wow! I wonder if this is still considered misinformation. I wonder if this would still get you banned from YouTube and kicked off of Instagram and uh, ratioed down to the negative uh, <laughs> anywhere in meta. Let, let me say that part again, uh, because it's going to sound like, wow, really? And it's also going to sound like, wow, really? Uh, we've known this for a while. But this continues to be more evidence proving the conspiracy theorists correct and the fact checkers to be bovine excrement shovelers. New whistle whistleblower testimony to Congress alleges that the Central Intelligence Agency bribed six different officers that were investigating the origins of COVID-19. They bribed them with hush money wanted them to bury the conclusion, the conclusion that all six of these CIA operatives came to that this virus, in fact, did originate from a Chinese lab. Now, the U.S. House lawmakers on the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic and Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence said, quote, that an anonymous, highly credible, senior-level CIA Official alleged that six members with significant scientific expertise in the federal agency tasked with investigating the roots of SARS-CoV-2, uh, that was the fancy term for COVID-19, found that the virus likely originated in a Wuhan laboratory. Oh, I mean... Let's see here. That that seems worthy of a sound effect, doesn't it? 
again, it's something that we already knew. But the fact that it's just being dragged out into the open now, that is that much closer to no longer being deniable. I mean, we're still a long way off from that. We know that the left, they love to deny, 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 even well after the point that everybody knows better. It's kind of like a fun game for them. But we're getting that much closer. Now, according to the whistleblower, at the end of its review, six of the seven members of the team believed the intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low-confidence assessment that COVID-19 originated from a laboratory in Wuhan, China. In this coming straight out of the House panel. But after... The officials concluded their findings. The CIA whistleblower claims that the intelligence agency offered financial incentives to six of the seven experts involved in the investigation to change their narrative on the virus. This was according to a letter that was uh, sent to CIA Director William Burns this past Tuesday. Now, the seventh member of the team, who also happened to be the most senior, was the lone officer to believe that COVID-19 originated through uh, natural evolution through animals. So the question is, did that mean that they truly believed that, or were they just listening to Fauci and decided to know that as senior uh, investigator on this team. It was their job to tow the official government line before they even got into the investigation. That's the real question. But the whistleblower further contends that to come to the eventual public determination of uncertainty, the other six members were given a significant monetary incentive to change their position. Now, I, I need to say that again because that can be a little confusing how that's worded. The whistleblower further contends that to come to the eventual public determination of uncertainty. Layman's terms, not only did they believe that this came from the Wuhan lab, they were convinced of it. They, after looking at the evidence and looking at everything there was to investigate, were firm on this. So in order to get to a determination of uncertainty so that they could claim that there was a low level of certainty regardless, they had to be bribed. That the bribe started there. Let's change what you're going to say because... If six out of seven of you feel this way, that sounds pretty conclusive to the rest of the world, right? So the committee sent a separate letter to former CIA chief operating officer Andrew Marcatus requesting that he participate in a voluntary transcribed interview all the way back on September 26th of 2023. To get that, they were asking him to show up and to uh, 
conduct an interview upcoming. <laughs> it's only the 12th time of the live broadcast, guys. Anyway, according to the whistleblower, Andrew played a central role in the formation and the conclusion of the COVID investigation. Andrew also retired from the agency in 2022 after concluding his agency's response to COVID. So he rushed this investigation through, rubber-stamped it, got done, and then retired so that none of the blowback would come on him. At least that was the hope. Lawmakers also sent a deadline on the same day for the CIA to turn over all records regarding the establishment of the COVID discovery teams. You know, things like pay history, uh, that includes the awarding of any financial or performance-based incentive slash financial bonuses, and all communications from those teams with all members of federal government agencies, including the FBI, the State Department, Health and Human Services, the Energy Department, who was also strangely involved with this. I mean, the Department of Energy and the FBI were among the first federal agencies earlier this year to assess with moderate confidence that the pandemic's origins were most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. So those two were the first to come out and say, yeah, we kind of think that's what actually happened, regardless of what we've been saying previously and what anyone else has been saying. Now, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence declassified a long-awaited report back in June about potential links between the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the origins of COVID. The report found that three lab workers who became ill back in 2019 could not be directly linked to the source of the pandemic as their symptoms were, quote, consistent with, but not diagnostic of, COVID-19. Now, I want you to think about that phrasing for a moment. Consistent with, but not diagnostic of. That really only means that nobody tested them for COVID. So, does that mean that you can't say that that was the source? It still leaves open the possibility, but then it also leaves open the possibility that maybe they just had a really bad head cold. Maybe they had a different kind of COVID. Maybe they had a different virus altogether. Maybe it was just the flu. Now, a flu that looked an awful lot like COVID-19, a head cold that looked an awful lot like COVID-19, but then again, for relatively healthy people without any comorbidities, that's kind of what COVID-19 looks like anyway, isn't it? But then I guess if you go too far down that rabbit hole, if you point out the diagnostics of COVID-19 being in play or not being in play, then you have to acknowledge the similarity of other things. So it's either this looks an awful lot like COVID-19, guys, or COVID-19 is just not 
that serious, guys. It has to be one or the other. It can't really be both. Now, that's, again, not to say that COVID-19 can't be rough on you, uh, especially if you've had a few too many of the jabs. It seems to weaken your immune response, not strengthening it. Certainly doesn't mean that uh, you can't have a rough go of it if you catch any of the COVID family, if you have comorbidities like diabetes being obese or morbidly obese in particular or you know suffering from already existing cardiopulmonary issues and things along those names yeah i mean a flu a bad cold can cause you an exacerbation of these other symptoms that can lead to very very rough goes of it including all the way up to dying so it can be serious for you to catch COVID if you have these other comorbidities. Or at this point, maybe you didn't have those comorbidities, but you've had 13 boosters at this point. I don't know why you guys are still taking the jab at this point. There's plenty of data that suggests that the more jabs you've got taken, the more danger you're in from that and just about anything else that comes along. But let's move on, shall we? Uh, quoting here from the report, The IC has no information, however, indicating that any Wuhan Institute of Virology genetic engineering work has involved SARS-CoV-2, a close progenitor, or a backbone virus that is closely related enough to have been the source of the pandemic. Now, former director of national intelligence, John Radcliffe, he did testify before Congress back in April that a lab leak is the only explanation credibly supported by our intelligence, by science. And uh, this one, of course, uh, should have been struck from the record immediately by common sense. I got to do a hat tip for John Ratcliffe on this one. I, you're going to get people that work in these positions. Not very often you're going to hear me say something positive about it, but that's a pretty good assessment. And anytime that you can interject common sense into a legitimate assessment and congressional testimony, you should. So bonus points for that. Now, Ratcliffe also added during this testimony, quote, if our intelligence and evidence supporting a lab leak was placed side by side with our intelligence and evidence pointing to a natural origins or a spillover theory, the lab leak side of the ledger would be long, convincing, even overwhelming, while the spillover side would be nearly empty and tenuous. Translation, there's not much there to suggest it. The whole idea that somehow this was not a lab leak, that this was anything other than a lab leak, was most likely political, not scientific. 
So again, right here, we're back to square one where you and I are rehashing information that we already knew. Information that we've been screaming from the mountaintops for, well, for at least three years now. So why does this still seem to be new and breaking news? Why are we still talking about it? Because here we are again with more people stepping forward and backing up what we knew all along. What we've been ridiculed over, what we have been silenced and censored over, what we have continued to try and convince our friends and neighbors and in some case even family members, but they refuse to listen to us because we were the crackpots and the mainstream media. They wouldn't lie about this. And uh, Fauci and, and the government, well, they're just trying to help. And I thought you liked Donald Trump. Donald Trump was out there trying to, to put Fauci in front of everyone and get these vaccines rolled out and cut the red tape. Well, yes, yes, he was. You see, here's the thing. You got good Trump, you got bad Trump. Sometimes you just have Trump. It's not good or bad, just kind of neutral. Uh, that is the rarest of all the Trumps, by the way. But... Donald Trump was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to strike a chord with the American public so that they would take it seriously enough that they wouldn't be out here just all willy-nilly licking flagpoles and trying to get the virus. But at the same time, he didn't know what to do, not his area of expertise. So, as he has so often in the past, he put too much faith in credentialism. He put too much faith in the experts that were around him, that were supposed to do the job. Now, here's the thing about that, though. That's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, it could be a good thing if you had experts around you that were genuinely trying to do the best that they could. It's become painfully clear that Anthony Fauci was trying to see YA. Or, in this case, C-H-A. He's trying to cover his own. Because even Barack Obama had said, uh, no gain-of-function research here in the States. And I'd rather you not spend money on it at all. Fauci had sent money to the fine folks over at the Health Alliance let them offer up grants to the Wuhan uh, lab. And it was all basically still just Anthony Fauci sending U.S. taxpayer dollars in a roundabout way and laundering it just a bit to perform gain-of-function research. That is what was happening here. No matter how many times he denies it, no matter how many times he tries to redefine what gain-of-function is, no matter how many times they try to redefine what a vaccine is, because that's the other nasty little secret here uh, that is not a very big secret. We talk about it all the time here, and I know I'm not the only one that points this out. But the jab has never been a vaccine. At best, if you're going to pretend it has some medical value, you can call it a therapeutic. But it's never been a vaccine. It doesn't work like a vaccine. The only thing it has in common with a vaccine is you inject it. But guess what? You inject morphine, too. Morphine is not a vaccine. Ooh, it's a vaccine against pain. No. 
That is not how vaccines work. That's not what that is. But all of that is irrelevant. What is relevant here is it's become painfully obvious that there's still a lot of cover your own backside activities going on on top of a whole lot of efforts at just point blank authoritarianism. They still like the fact that so many people just did what they were told. When they would set back and make up something. Oh, we're going to need you to take this shot, even though technically we haven't adequately tested it yet. There may be side effects. We don't know. Uh, guess what? You're the test group. Here, take it. Then we're going to mandate that you take it. And then we're going to tell you that it's not enough to take it once. And no, even the ones that are uh, covalent, that, that you're supposed to take twice, Taking that twice isn't going to be enough. You're going to have to continue to get boosters. You're going to have to keep getting it until you grow that third eyeball or some other third appendage, whatever it may be. You're going to have to do that. Oh, yeah, and then we're going to make you put these face diapers on because we know how healthy it is that you continue to breathe in your own carbon dioxide. Even though if you happen to have the virus, it's going to go right through this cloth mask. And if you're around somebody else who has the virus, it's going to come right through your cloth mask. Well, what about the uh, KN95s? Uh, surely that will work. Turns out that didn't work so great either. Strangely enough, the more information we get and the more studies that have been done and the more long-term information we have, it seems like the most credible thing that's been a result of all of the jabs has been this ridiculous increase in cardio, uh, oh, no, nah, the word is escaping me, the official term, but it's freaking swelling of the heart among young people, especially young males uh, that are athletic. Cardiopeditis? Uh, anyway. See, this is what happens when I don't have my notes right in front of me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though. And you know that it's correct. Because if you're listening to this show, then you've listened to other shows and you've done your own research. You don't need me to tell you this. You're good to go on this. <sighs> I mean, everything is an emergency now. They loved the health emergency then. They want to push health emergencies again because this is how they're going to push the uh, mail-in ballots and all that craziness upcoming. Because Every Democrat knows that's their only chance to win, trying to increase the amount of voter fraud. Oh, damn, how dare you say that? How dare you insinuating that there is not voter integrity out there? Well, you know, color me crazy and fold me a new tinfoil hat. But I'm going to I'm going to continue to question voter integrity. For as long as we can clearly see incidents of shenanigans that were treated as if nothing happened. I mean, we have Democrats all over the country continuing to ignore the Constitution, especially in the form of governors in New Mexico, for example, who seem to think that by declaring an emergency, she can suspend the Constitution and you don't get to have your Second Amendment rights anymore. Well... There's a reason why they want to disarm the populace. 
They want to disarm you from facts and information, and they want to disarm you from guns because the surest path to tyranny is to give up your guns. And the quickest way to become a victim of violent crime is to not have your gun when you need it. A lot of us, and I'm pointing more at me than anybody else out there, uh, a lot of us legal, reasonable, responsible gun owners, we've made the mistake of letting an uncomfortable holster slow down our legal carrying. It puts us in a very bad circumstance if we find ourselves in that terrible, horrible, very no good moment where we do have to stand up and defend ourselves, our family, our friends, our neighbors, our property. But comfort can be overcome by getting a really comfortable holster. In fact, maybe you should get the most comfortable holster. According to thousands of Vanish Holsters customers, that's what they offer. So, why don't you go visit www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P and go see for yourself. Now, very important to include the backslash T-A-P-P when you do that, because that's how you will automatically activate for yourself a $40 discount. Who can afford not to save money? Uh, get out there and just check it out for yourself. But don't wait. Don't hesitate. You need to Get over there and start ordering your Vanish Holster now, if you haven't already, because I'm told due to supply chain issues and the effort to move all of their manufacturing back into the States, that prices will unfortunately have to go up soon. So take advantage now before the prices do that and take full advantage by using that $40 discount as well. One more time, go see for yourself Vanish Holsters www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P This is Kathy Barnett, the National Grassroots Director for the Vivek 2024 Presidential Campaign, and you're listening to MPAP and Tap Into the Truth. Death. They learned to hate the 
public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west So much more from so much less Now they can say when They can say how, and they can say why, they're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. Hey y'all, this is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping Through the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50 yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. We're sliding headlong into hour number two of today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. And man, oh man, we, we're going to have to make the show longer if I'm going to expect to get everything on here. And, and I may start doing that on the uh, the podcast version, just start doing a longer podcast, at least when there's this much stuff going on. And then uh, that means like the Sunday show and then the Tuesday show will be longer. And you guys will get to hear two hours of the Tuesday show. And I'll just have to say, hey, by the way, uh, go check out the podcast archives to hear the rest of the show there. And, you know, that that might not be a bad idea. But then I kind of feel like I'm not being fair to those of you that are listening to the show over at the Vera Network, hearing the air, uh, the replay. I mean, if you're listening at WCET FM in Columbia, South Carolina, or if you're listening to the last frequency, or maybe you're just over at TuneIn, tuned into the Vera Network, if you're doing that, then, well, you still could come find me, right? You wouldn't mind that. All right, anyway, you know what, Uh, listening to Derek Johnson there makes me uh, think that who would most appreciate our friends over at 4Patriot.com? 
There's a lot of country folks out there that might feel like, you know what, we can get by. We don't need it. And uh, you know what? For the most part, if you're just talking about food, if you're going to live off the land, you can. But what happens if Biden does something so ridiculous that living off the land maybe isn't such a great option either? I mean, having those skills still going to come in handy, but you need other options. Uh, then I think the four Patriot folks going to have some stuff that can help you out. And I'm willing to bet that a lot of country folks would really have a great deal of appreciation for it. But you know what? It really is a case where everyone should have appreciation for it. Doesn't matter what part of the country you're in. Doesn't matter what your background in. Doesn't matter if you're living in a, a little town, a small city, a big city. You can find some value of the things that are being offered up by Four Patriots. But there's only one way for you to know that for sure. Don't take my word for it. Go visit them and see for yourself. Go to fourpatriot.com. Uh, check out everything they have to offer. And then once you start putting uh, items in that uh, basket of yours, when it comes time to check out, be sure to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P. Uh, let them know that I sent you, but better for you, it saves you 10% on your order, 10% on everything in the store. So obviously, the more you decide to buy, uh, the bigger that 10% becomes, so you save more money. But regardless... 10% is still a nice little savings. And in the age of Bidenomics, who can afford not to save money? So again, go visit our friends over at the number four patriots.com and use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P at checkout. Save yourself 10%. Get yourself something that might make the difference between surviving and not I was going to say uh, surviving and thriving, but why Why just survive when you can thrive? But, hey, sometimes just surviving is kind of a big deal. Okay, so I wanted to start off hour number two with a story that is more humorous than anything else. But there's some serious undertones involved here. Uh, before I get into the story, though, I want you to hear something. This is a 911 call that was the direct result from the story I'm about to tell you. Hi, I'm calling because I'm in the Grovetown Walmart at the charging station, and there's literally a non-electric car that is taking up the space who says they're holding the space for somebody else. And it's holding up a whole bunch of people who need to charge their cars. All right, you're at the Walmart on Sonner Way. Um, the one in Grovetown that, that has an Arby's in front. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, I can hear you. <laughs> Are they Hello? still there? They're still here, but one, one spot opened up, which is, like, not them. But there's other people who are waiting to charge, and they're still here, and they're not an electric car. And the sign says that it has to. You can't. You can't park here unless you're charging. What kind of car is it? It's a Corolla. It's black. Do you, see, take, a, do you see a tag number? Um, I can get it, but they said that their person's going to be here in two minutes that they're holding the spot for. So maybe. Well, now I'm charging, so I don't even care anymore. But yeah. 
Okay, I've got a deputy on the way. Can you see the tag number? Oh, they just got here. Go take a picture of the Corolla tag. Go take a picture of the Corolla tag. All right. So that was the end of the 911 call. This is the story, just in case you haven't heard it. Seems that Energy Secretary Jennifer uh, Granholm, she decided to set out on a four-day road trip this summer. The trip, of course, was an effort to prove the worth of the Biden administration's spending, well, spending a lot, a lot of money uh, on pushing and investing in electric vehicles. Ah, yes, that's right. Now, as it turns out, a reporter for NPR went along for the trip and ended up being the one that told the initial story. Uh, Quoting here, electric cars have a road trip problem, even for the Secretary of Energy. You see, it was supposed to be a nice, friendly puff piece and ended up being this story instead. You see, what happened on the trip says everything about the Biden team's delusion and entitlement. Because more than the delusion about electric vehicles, there was a lot of uh, we're more important than the rest of you mentality shown as well. The trip revealed immediately that the current system, the infrastructure that Joe Biden so very proud of investing in, it's just not ready to handle even the amount of demand that's currently on the system. It's not ready. It's not set up. They cannot handle, it cannot deal with the current EV flow. There is a waiting line in most locations where you can find a charging station. And it's not like these things charge instantly. Road trips, especially long road trips, get kind of put on these large pauses. If you're taking a cross-country trip, you could very easily find yourself having to abandon your electric car. Uh, Of course, that was a story from earlier this summer. Anyway, the trip revealed this immediate shortcoming. However, it also revealed that the system's not ready to handle the number of vehicles that the Biden administration wants to put out there. And how would you cope with the complete switchover, even if it could? They want to do one thing, and it's clear it's not ready to do anything further. Now, quoting from the article, but between stops, Granholm's entourage at times had to grapple with the limitations of the present. Like when her caravan of EVs, including a luxury Cadillac Lynx, a hefty Ford F-150, and an affordable Bolt electric utility vehicle, was planning to fast charge in Georgetown, a suburb of Augusta, Georgia. Her advance team realized there weren't going to be enough plugs to go around. One of the station's four chargers was broken, and others were occupied. So, 
an energy department staffer tried parking a non-electric vehicle by one of those working chargers to reserve a spot for the approaching Secretary of Energy. That did not go down well. A regular gas-powered car blocking the only three... <clears throat> the only free spot for a charger? In fact, a family that was boxed out on a sweltering day with a baby in the vehicle was so upset, they decided to get the authorities involved. They called the police. <laughs> now, doesn't that really tell you everything you need to know? I mean, there weren't enough chargers to deal with the demand of the vehicles that were already there waiting their turn. And then these privileged group of individuals working for the energy department trying to sell the world on the joys of EVs tried to block out other people to reserve a spot. Not just any spot, but for the faster charger. No, they're, they're not about to wait their turn, and they're not about to risk possibly having to use one of the slower chargers. No, 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 they're far too important for that. That just screams entitlement. And of course, thinking that they get to do that because of their power, their position, their authority, how very important they are. So when you're stealing the spot, from a family with a baby? Well, that that sounds a little scummy to me. I mean, I, I don't know what the rest of you guys think. But, uh, yeah, not so good, guys. Now, they're denying a family of the very service that they claim to be out there helping to provide. Because the family was in the way of their PR stunt. That's why they didn't get to have the quick charge. In fact, from the sounds of it, using the quick charge, they would have pretty much been done or close to it by the time our Secretary of Energy showed up. They're literally keeping a family who's already bought in to this notion of, hey, let's get an EV. And they're the ones who don't get that, all in the name of good PR. And the Biden team did it with a vehicle that wasn't even electric. I mean, come on, guys. I know optics are not your best thing. I mean, this administration is so bad with optics. Uh, about the only thing that they could have done that would have made anything any worse for the 9-11 memorials would have been if Joe had decided to to actually show up at Ground Zero and uh, regale the crowd with the tales of the time that he lost at Jenga. I mean, it, this, that's really the only thing that could have been any worse. But this is bad. We're not even going to use an electric vehicle to to keep it from being obvious of what we're doing. I mean, good for the family, too, by the way. I mean, they weren't going to take that uh, 
crap. They're like, oh, no, this is too much. This is bovine excrement here, and we're not putting up with it. They called the police. Now, the police, of course, couldn't do very much about it because technically it's not illegal to do what the secretary's team did. But realizing that they had a potential PR nightmare on their hands, they did scramble to try and smooth things over including sending other vehicles to slower chargers uh, until both the frustrated family and the secretary had room to charge. I will point out, though, just as an FYI, within the fleet of EVs that the energy secretary was using for this little PR stunt, not one Tesla. You know, the most common electric vehicle on the road, in the United States in particular, the most common electric vehicle that Americans drive, the forefront, the majority of market share, because they are top of the line. They are best. They have the best mileage. They have the best speeds capable. They have the best chargers out there, too, and the most viability with non-Tesla chargers. Um, but, gee, wonder if there might not be a political reason why you wouldn't want to feature anything related to Elon Musk. Ah, hmm. Something to do with Musk not hiring illegal migrants at SpaceX? even though technically they'd have to get special permission to do that because there's security concerns at SpaceX. I mean, legally, they would be required to get permission from the State Department and the Department of Justice before making a hire of any non-U.S. citizen. Uh, that is, all. In, even in the U.S. citizens, they hire, have to pass a rigorous background check, one that most of the politicians that pass that law could never have passed on their own. Um, hmm. I still seem to think this might stem all the way back to the takeover of Twitter. Because it seems like this administration and a lot of folks on the left have just decided they don't like Elon Musk because he wanted to make Twitter a free speech platform again. And it doesn't even matter that that's not really what's happening at Twitter. I mean, it's a little better than it was, but we see them already reinstituting a lot of the policies that got accounts like mine booted for a while. These policies are coming back, and they're going to be in full force in time for the election. There's no doubt about it. Neilon's not stopping it. Now, I keep hoping that he will, because he's indicated in the past he'd be willing to, but the point here is a simple one. They're trying to push these electric cars on everyone, and they can't seem to get one to work. And when they do, they have to put politics ahead of what works best out in the wild, and then they have to exert their privilege for their PR stunt. And the last person that they're concerned about is the American people. Oh, sorry, American family, uh, we just can't, uh, you know, stuff. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, anyway, 
Like I said, I got a lot of stuff, so I'm going to try to get this second story here in before the mid-hour break. Uh, this second story and then the story immediately after the mid-hour break are kind of related because they're similar as far as the rationale behind them. But the stories themselves are very different. We're going to start here out in the great state of California because it would appear that California voters are against cash reparations for slavery by yeah, not a very big margin, only two to one, at least according to a brand new poll. So nearly 60% of California voters say that they oppose cash reparation payments. Uh, that, of course, is compared with the 28% who say that they would support it. This according to the University of California, Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies. Uh, those guys do typically know how to successfully conduct a poll. They do typically manage to phrase polls in a way to get the kind of outcomes that they want. So this result is despite their best effort to try to convince people to say, hey, wouldn't you really be for reparations? Nope. Evidently, that's not a thing that's going to happen in California. The voters are not behind it. So what we're talking about is more than four out of ten voters say that they were strongly opposed to cash reparations. Uh, quoting here from the poll director, Mark Dicamio, it has a steep uphill climb at least from the public's point of view. Now, California has been examining the possibility of reparations since 2020. Uh, of course, that's when the country was reeling from the death of St. George Floyd. Uh, led to the summer of love and all this other stuff that we've been dealing with. And we've talked a lot recently about how the push for reparations in California is utterly ridiculous as it was never a slave state and was never a republic uh, that slavery was permitted in previous to it joining the Union, but having gained its independence from Mexico. Now, even during its time as part of Mexico, slavery, not a thing that really occurred in California. Back in September of 2020, Gavin Newsom signed the law that set up the California Reparations Task Force. Of course, their goal was to determine what cash slavery reparations could look like for black Californians. In June, California's task force sent its final report to the legislature after a chaotic last public hearing where advocates shouted, for a national divorce settlement for black Americans. The Reparations Task Force report recommended several remedies for the country's legacy of slavery, including suggestions that monetary payments are owed to the descendants of African-American slaves, uh, payments that were in the range of $1.2 million for some of them, Seems like quite a bit to me, but hey, since I'm not a California taxpayer, not really my problem. The report did not recommend an exact dollar amount for every black Californian, though, but it did give several examples. 
a 71-year-old black person who has lived in California all their life, just as an example, would be entitled to $967,000 due to health discrimination, according to the panel. Black people who suffered due to aggressive policing and prosecution in the war on drugs from 1971 to 2020 and lived in California during that time would be entitled to $115,000, according to the report. It's kind of unclear whether the legislature will adopt any of the reparation task force recommendations, even though Democrats have a supermajority in the legislature, even they have a hard time figuring out how they're going to pay for all of it without bankrupting the state completely, which, you know, I'm glad that finally some Democrats there are starting to realize there is a bottom number. There is an end to how much money they can pull out of that well. At any rate, Governor Gavin Newsom supports the task force, but Newsom himself has been careful not to comment on any of the specific recommendations for reparations, especially when it comes to the cash payments. Saying, quote, I'm very mindful of our past. Well, good for you, Gavin. But you realize being mindful means that you put some thought into it and that you actually do have an opinion now, and it's perfectly okay if your opinion is different than what your political goal will be, but as governor, you should probably offer some, I don't know, leadership and guidance in how you would like to see the reparation things play out. See, most of the California voters here, according to this poll, they don't like it. And so ever the politician with still an eye on the White House, no matter what he says, he knows he has to play this one just right. Meanwhile, San Francisco has its own reparations effort, the African American Reparations Advisory Committee, which was also set up in 2020 by the city's Board of Supervisors. The San Francisco Committee eventually came up with the idea of giving each qualifying black resident $5 million in reparations. The chairman of the committee admitted that they did not use a mathematical formula to come up with the $5 million. They just picked it out of a hat. Oh, well, here's $5 million. Here's $5 million for you. Here's $5 million. You get $5 million, and you get $5 million, and oh, wait, you're white. You don't get any, uh, but we'll let you pay for it. Thanks. Keep the checks coming. John Dennis, chairman of the San Francisco Republican Party, in fact, looking at San Francisco these days, you probably wouldn't even think there was a Republican Party there. But anyway, John said in back in February that he was open to a conversation about reparations, but criticized the committee's report as unserious. Quoting here, this is just a bunch of like-minded people who got into the room and came up with a number. You'll notice that the report in the report. There was no justification for the number, no analysis provided. This was an opportunity to do some serious work, and they blew it. 
Well, gee, John, maybe that's because that was never their intention. They weren't serious about this. They've never been serious about it. When you look all across the country, there's only about 30% of Americans that say descendants of slaves should receive any kind of reparation. 77% of black Americans say, <coughs> excuse me, according to a 2021 Pew Research poll, 77% of black Americans say, yeah, yeah you can give us some, some free money, thank you. But only about 30% of Americans across the board say that it makes any kind of sense. There's a reason for that. The fact that despite somebody wanting free money doesn't mean that you are legitimately entitled to it. And I continue to stand up for the idea that the greatest reparation possible has already been paid to the descendants of black slaves. They were given citizenship in this great nation. Now, if you happen to be of the left, part of that ilk, you don't fully appreciate what a big deal and what a valuable thing that is. But if you were to step outside of the country for a bit and see how citizens of other nations uh, are treated within their own countries, and especially see how non-citizens in these other countries are treated, you might at least draw a little bit of a greater appreciation for it. We'll see. Okay, so before we take the mid-hour break, I do want to remind you about our friends over at Native Path. And here's the thing. We talk quite frequently about how the medical profession has been infected with the virus of wokeism. Due to that, people's actual health care is being put at risk. As a result, we all need to take our health into our own hands. And we do that by eating well, uh, exercising smart, and resting well. And if we're going to take supplements, and a lot of us do, and a lot of us should, we need to make sure that those supplements are quality. We need to make sure that they're bioavailable. And we need to make sure that they're effective. And that's exactly what our friends over at Native Path are doing all the time. And they're hitting it out of the park with their Antarctic krill oil. I, I can sit here and I can tell you about how it's been shown to support healthy blood pressure and brain health and reduce inflammation and swelling and joint pain. I can show you the, the bottle that I'm currently taking in the picture that you'll see in the slideshow if you watch the show over at uh, BTR or if you uh, look up one of my social media posts where I'm showing you the collage that I've got made helping to promote the product. I can show that to you. You can see me taking it. And no matter how many times I tell you the story of how good it has worked for me, that I don't hesitate to use the term miracle uh, the way this has worked. It's still not going to matter as much as your experience would. And there's only one way for you to know what your experience would be. Because like I've told you a bunch of times already, I can't guarantee you that it's going to work as well for you as it has for me. But I can't say that it's not going to work better for you than it has for me. And it may work in different ways. For me, it's been the uh, joint pain. In particular, the, the swelling and joint pain. I, I've had my ankles, my knees, and my calf that had been prone to swelling since I had a 
a injury with my left ankle a while back. That all of those those three things have been alleviated to a point that I didn't think was ever going to be the case. I mean, honest to goodness, I'm going to keep taking the uh, Native Path Antarctic Krill no matter what happens with the relationship between them being a sponsor or not. I mean, I'm going to continue because it's worked that well for me. And there's no better time to find out for yourself. Take advantage of the opportunity that is set aside exclusively for listeners to tap into the truth. Visit FixSwollenFeet.com. That's all you got to do. FixSwollenFeet.com. Once you're there, you'll see the special offer for listeners to the show. And you'll have an opportunity to take advantage of record-setting low prices to try it. You get a chance to get a month's supply at $23 if you take full advantage of the full offer. There's not a better thing to do than to take advantage of that offer. Because you try it, and if it doesn't work for you, worst-case scenario, you spend a little money to find out if it would. You still got the knowledge, and you still know that that's not the solution. Keep looking for another one. But if it works half as well for you as it has for me, you're going to be so grateful you did. So again, that exclusive offer for listeners of Tapping to the Truth, FixSwollenFeet.com. Pretty easy, right? All right, let's take the mid-hour break, and when we come back, I'll see if I can't sneak two stories in. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. Carjacking old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face. Stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think it's tough. Try that in a small town See how far you make it down the road Before every great U.S. city completely collapses under the weight of ruthless demonic policies of mostly Democrat politicians and community activists, the remaining civilized sovereign citizens had better unite and make some serious changes. Hello, I'm... Ron Edwards, on today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Like cancer in a human body that begins as a small tumor that is not properly neutralized, it metastasizes and destroys the entire body. The unchecked leftist policies of most Democrat mayors and city councils have laid the groundwork for massive urban destruction that at one time was relegated to small sections of cities known as slums. But today, retail stores are closing down in the once tony sections of Beverly Hills, California, Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, New York City, and even San Diego and Austin, Texas, are plagued by rapidly growing destructive homeless populations and rapid criminal activity that is caused and encouraged by leftist politicians 
to destroy our cities and our exceptional nation way of life. My fellow Americans, most politicians and globalist elites will completely destroy our republic with the help of street cretins if we allow it. Time to stop the madness. And remember, if you don't know or stand for your inalienable rights, you won't have them. I'm Ron Edwards. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ERH year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow... Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. Kiss. 
say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Yeah. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Yeah, they do. And we've known that for a while. Hey, look, you know, uh, they're targeting everyone's constitutional rights as well. I mean, it's no doubt about it. So this is where I will remind you that the surest path to tyranny is to give up your guns. You know, like what they're trying to do out in New Mexico right now, or at least the governor is. It seems like there's a lot of pushback on that. And I'm glad to hear it, even from folks on the left. Anyway, uh, the thing that you need to remember, though, is that if you are legally eligible to carry, you should. Period. And don't let something like comfort get in the way, because, you know, I know it stopped me in the past. I bought a new firearm. I was really, really excited. Thought I was going to carry it all the time. Got what I thought was the best possible holster to go with it. And then the thing was just so gosh darn uncomfortable. It didn't take long for me to stop carrying it. We shouldn't do that. I mean, what happens if we find ourselves in that terrible, horrible, very no good moment where we have to stand up and we have to defend ourselves, our family, our friends, our neighbors, even our property, which we have every legal right to do, despite what the left will say. No, you must retreat. Uh, no, retreating is how people get dead. Not going to do that. So... Let's not let comfort be the primary reason why we're outgunned and outmatched if we get into that situation. And again, uh, most, if not all, legal gun owners are responsible. And as a responsible legal gun owner, you do try to avoid putting yourself in a situation where you're going to have to use your firearms. So that's not really the deal. But do not let comfort be the deciding factor. Do not be in a position where you should have had your firearm. But you didn't, because it was uncomfortable. You know what a quick, easy solution to that is? Our friends over at Vanish Elster, they literally have thousands of customers that attest to and swear it's the most comfortable, most comfortable holster, period. Not just in the U.S., not just blah, blah, not just kind of sideways. And beyond that, it's also designed to save you money. How does it save you money, Tim? I'll gladly tell you. It saves you money by virtue of working with almost all semi-automatic handguns. I mean, right about 99% of them. Uh, you may find one or two out there that it won't work with, but you're going to be hard-pressed to find it. It's designed to hold two additional magazines, so you can do the quick reload if you needed to. It's designed to work without a tactical belt, and that's one of those additional expenses that you also may not be thinking about when you buy that holster. 
And to go back to that comfort thing, since it doesn't use a tactical belt, you actually can carry using the Vanish Holster in multiple positions. So if one position isn't working for you, you can find another one that will work. Bam, back to carrying and wanting to carry all the time. Easy solution. Now, as always, I like to tell you, don't take my word for it. Go see for yourself. Visit www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Be sure to use the backslash T-A-P-P. That will automatically activate for you a $40 discount if you decide to make a purchase. And again, right now, Bidenomics, I know I keep mentioning it. I don't have to. You guys know what we're going through. But who can afford not to save money? And don't wait. If, if you've already put it off uh, at this point, you missed out on an opportunity to get an automatic $50. Well, here's the other thing. Due to supply chain issues, due to Bidenomics, the folks over at Banish are afraid they're not going to be able to hold the current pricing set either. So there is most likely going to be some price increases. So go take full advantage now before those come into effect and take advantage of that $40 discount www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Go do it now. No excuses. All right. Now, here's the other story that I said was kind of similar, but very different. So we were talking just a minute ago about how nearly 60% of California voters were against reparation payments. Well, guess what else? 41% of New Yorkers want southern border walls put up as New York is having to grapple with their own version of a migrant issue. <gasps> oh, wait. Uh, if I'm going to do it, uh, I have to remember, I actually have a sound effect for that. So, 41% of New Yorkers say we need a southern border. Only the Democrats are surprised by this. As deep blue as New York is, right now they are scrambling to try to to work into their uh, very, very uh, sanctuary uh, city way of life, the tens of thousands of illegals who flooded the state since just the last year. Many of the legal residents say that they want a southern border wall all of a sudden. It's like, yeah, get that wall up, guys. More than four in every 10 New York state residents, uh, right about 41% even, say that they support a border wall spanning the entire length of the country's southern border with Mexico. This according to a poll that was released uh, from Siena College. Uh, they also know how to conduct a political poll and normally are pretty good at getting the results they want. And in this particular instance, they were not looking to go pro-illegal immigrant. They were looking to actually figure out what the residents of New York wanted. So even in New York City, 38% of the silly dwell city dwellers enunciation being important, said that they support a border wall. Half of New Yorkers said that they would oppose a border wall spanning the length of the southern border. Half. 
Now, again, we're talking about people that actually live in New York City proper now. The first one, the 41%, that was statewide. Half of the residents of New York said, eh, we don't need a border wall spanning the entire southern border. But the border wall was a key project of, you know, the orange man who was bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the, the climate arsonist, that guy. And that still is a driving force why a lot of New Yorkers are against the idea of the southern border wall. It was that guy's idea. And we don't like that guy, so we don't like anything that guy wanted to do. Well, here comes Joe Biden. He scraps the efforts to complete the wall on his very first day at office. And then the illegal drug market and the economic consequences of welcoming so many illegal migrants across the border uh, were also issues that needed to be addressed because we saw the explosion of these things. So within the poll, they asked the question. About 38% of New Yorkers said that they believe the current migrants coming into the country are the source of much of the illegal drugs entering the country. Oh my, isn't that racist by the standards of the Democratic Party? Sorry, New Yorkers, 38% of you are racist, according to how you guys typically like to vote. Even more, 42% said that the migrants take more in resources than they return in economic activity or taxes. Well, that's a no-brainer, guys. Because unlike illegal migrants of the past, uh, typically a high percentage of Mexicans that are actually just coming here to work, a lot of the current batch of migrants aren't coming here to work. They're coming here to mooch off of the welfare state. Uh, that, of course, uh, amongst the ones that aren't here to secretly work for the cartels or who are here to commit acts of terrorism and haven't been activated yet. Oh, well, Tim, how dare you? Now you're the one saying racist things. So sorry that truth sometimes sounds racist. Uh, it's funny how truth uh, only really sounds racist to people who have forgotten what racism actually looks like. But I digress. <laughs> About 35% in this poll said that they believe that many people trying to immigrate into the U.S. just want free handouts from our government. And people... And they don't want to work. Wow, that sounds like something I just said a minute ago. It sounds like I'm in with 35% of the New Yorkers. More than 110,000 migrants have arrived in New York City since last year. 60,000 are still being housed on the city's dime, causing officials to open additional homeless centers, causing uh, schools to be shut down, causing hotels to evict current residents to make room for these folks. And over this past weekend, Mayor Adams was out there announcing that there was going to have to be budget cuts. Budget cuts to the tune of billions of dollars, and all due to the migrant crisis. All city agencies will be forced to reduce spending by 5% starting in November, and 15% by next spring. 
The city's already spent more than $1.2 billion on the migrants and is projected to spend up to $5 billion. Biden's Department of Homeland Security has since given New York City $140 million in federal funding to address the migrant crisis that, uh, just FYI, he created. But Adams, Mayor Adams has said that it would take more aid to get the situation under control. See, migrants are also causing other headaches for New Yorkers, too. It's not just the overcrowding. It's not just the overuse of the emergency shelter system. No, 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 no. You see, some have caused public disturbances, engaged in criminal behavior, been violent towards the legal residents of the city. Meanwhile, business owners in Manhattan, well, they're out here complaining that their businesses are suffering significantly due to the chaos spilling onto the streets from hotels used as migrant centers. Migrants have been spotted drinking and using drugs inside the hotels as well. The Siena College poll, they surveyed, surveyed, they surveyed 800 New York State residents last week. The margin of error is plus or minus 3.8%, uh, according to Siena College. Now, what do these two stories have in common? Because, you know, I promised that there was a common thread. If you're a regular listener to the show, you already know. It's pretty obvious. But in case you're not a regular listener, or in case you're a leftist that just accidentally stumbled upon the show and you're listening to hear what this crazy, weirdo Republican from East Tennessee has to say, here's what they have in common. Very blue areas of the country are starting to feel significant pain from the policies of the left. Policies they are finally starting to see for themselves firsthand do not put them first, do not put them second. They don't even put them third. They're at the back of the list. They're at the back of the line. They're at the bottom of the list. And it doesn't matter if they are of color or any other protective stat. The only thing that really matters, we go back to the story about our Secretary of Energy, traveling on a four-day road trip. It's a story of privilege, and it's a story of virtue signaling. And again, it's much, much easier to signal your virtue than it is to live it. And when it comes right down to it, New York, Pennsylvania, you guys, you're still just getting a very small sample of what the southern border cities and towns have had to deal with for decades. The numbers of illegals that you have present are minuscule compared to what they've had to deal with. You're only getting a hint of what your sanctuary status has done to other people in other places. All right, not a lot of time to get into it, but uh, got to mention it at the very least uh, right here. After the New Mexico, uh, after a New Mexico sheriff stated that his office would not enforce a segment of the Democratic governor's order suspending the right to carry open and concealed guns publicly, 
echoing the state attorney general, who called the move unconstitutional, the governor mocked the sheriff. Yes, it would appear that she was a bit upset. She didn't like the idea that a law enforcement officer was willing to stand up and tell her that what she's doing isn't legal. She just doesn't like being called out and being told, you, Madam Governor, do not have the full authority to just suspend the Constitution because you feel like it. No, no, no. So rather than listening to what the sheriff or what the state's attorney general has had to say to her, she decides to mock them instead. And she declared ever so defiantly, it's not for police to tell me what's constitutional or not. Now, John Adam, the Bernanello County Sheriff, in reference to concealed carry and open carry in my county, this sheriff's office will not enforce this segment of the order. While I understand the urgency, the temporary ban challenges the foundations of our Constitution. But most importantly, it is in itself unconstitutional. Now, Governor Michelle Grissom, interviewed by CNN's Poppy Harlow, snapped. It's not for police to tell me what's constitutional or not. They haven't supported me. I'm I'm sorry, no. They haven't supported one, not one gun violence effort in the state of New Mexico, including domestic violence protections, universal background checks. Now, Harlow says, you're an attorney. Do you think you're on solid constitutional grounds here? Well, we're going to see. I mean, look, I wouldn't do it. If I didn't think I had the right, I have the right. No, ma'am, you don't have the right, and you know it. Where is the right? Where is the right? Tell me, where in the New Mexico State Constitution, where in the United States Constitution does it say that, oh, well, if you just decide suddenly you don't like what's happening, you can suspend everyone else's rights? Where? You're not going to find it because it doesn't exist. You're out of line, ma'am. And your retort about how it's not their job to tell you if it's constitutional or not, that's fine. They don't have to tell you. They just don't have to follow your illegal order. However, if someone does, like a state trooper, decide to try to enforce that, they too will be in violation and you will both be open to civil and I hope criminal charges to boot. That's going to have to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for being here. As always, I appreciate it. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to take my using both hands evil is powerless if the good are unafraid